kind of going back to the to early 2000s, late 90s when Mount Bohemia first opened up. I think that's when our family really started taking trips up here to to go uh, skiing and snowboarding at Mount Bohemia. And I think at that point, uh, definitely realized the potential of the terrain up here and just was kind of in awe at just all the outdoor recreation already going on in the area. You know, you had skiing and snowboarding in the in the winter, but obviously, like, you know, in the summer when we came here, there's lots of, you know, kayaking and biking and just lots of movement in the outdoors already occurring. So, um, you know, it was kind of back in that the early 2000s that I, you know, seen the recreational potential and then decided, hey, let's think about making a life shift here. Thank you, thank you, and welcome to A Fresh Air Inspired Life. I'm your host, Amanda Wise, and since moving here 17 years ago, today's guest has definitely helped cause a revolution in Keweenaw recreation and tourism. Not only does he own the world's largest trail building company, he is Brady P's dad. Welcome, Mr. Aaron Rogers. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> Aaron, what enticed you to move to Copper Harbor 17 winters ago? I was, uh, I dropped out of college, first of all. Started my own business uh, down in Plover, Wisconsin. It's called Pump and Pedal. And, um, you know, chasing the dream, uh, trying to figure out what it was that was going to fulfill me as a human being. And obviously I think that I wanted to be in small business and be a small business owner. And, uh, and after running that for four years, running a gas station convenience store, bike shop, skate shop, um, kind of all under one building, like I found very quickly, like that really just wasn't the environment that I wanted to, to stay in long-term and uh, had been repeatedly taking uh, vacations up to the Upper Peninsula, um, Copper Harbor, Mount Bohemia, and checking it out. And I think that's like, kind of what sparked my interest was really that I, I wanted to be somewhere where I could have more outdoor recreation readily available. And it just seemingly like this was the place that was just calling my name. It's like I wanted to be here. And so, you know, because of, you know, the stress in the work environment, I started to make plans like, okay, how could I separate myself from the, from the business and, and make that transition in life. So I think that's, you know, I think it was in 2005 where I was just like, okay, like, you know, if I'm traveling up here so frequently and every little available piece of time off that I have, why wouldn't I just figure out how to make a life here? So, um, kind of on a whim, you know, we decided to pack up and, and move here and, uh, you know, really originally it was like, hey, let's check it out. Let's stay four months, uh, you know, for the winter and uh, just have like a extended snowboarding vacation. Um, but then obviously, like after that, it just kind of, you know, um, transitioned into staying here full time, uh, working at the bike shop for a summer. And then that's kind of what got me into trail building. Cool. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk our way into that. Um, I want you to tell us briefly about your first job making pizzas up here. <laughs> well, the Copper Harbor Mercantile, you know, um, was was an easy transition for me. Uh, you know, why we were here, 
um, and, you know, snowboarding to kind of, you know, just work part time and, and, and really to kind of prevent boredom, mm. <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, at the at pump and pedal that I was running down in uh, Plover, Wisconsin, we had a little deli pizzeria there. And so I was very familiar with making pizzas and and kind of really have a passion for it. So then I jumped in and started helping Christine at the time. And and uh, and it was a lot of fun to be able to work there, be able to meet a lot of the locals who would come in. And it was just a great uh, a great place to to be to kind of get to know the place. Yeah, and I just remember people would call there and be like, hey, is Aaron working? Okay, I want a pizza. Because you, I mean, you did. You made the best pizzas. You've had all that practice. and I, I know how to roll the fun. dough to get the right thickness. So it's <laughs> like if you wanted a thin crust, I could make you a true thin crust. And if you wanted a, you know, like a hand toss style, like I knew how to, to, to do that. And uh, and so, with yeah, with people who are really a p- pizza aficionados, like, <laughs> you know, they know the difference between a, a good pizza and a mediocre pizza. Mm. And so I've always tried to put the extra effort into, into kind of suit the, that person's needs. Nice. And always put the pepperonis on top, right? That's right. Yeah. I remember that still. Awesome. So when that was done, you had time on your hands and you started voluntarily building trails by hand. What moved you to do that? Well, you know, I think uh, the reality was that I found out working at the Keweenaw Adventure Company here that the amount of revenue you're going to be able to earn working a suburb job up here was just very minimal. And obviously, you were doing really well at your bartending position Mm -hmm. at Six, and we had free lodging, and it seemed like the community really embraced us being here. And and since, like, really I wanted to get into trail building before moving up here i really just envisioned i'm like oh man like it's just the train's incredible like how do i get my foot in the door to do this and so working at the human adventure company i got you know got to know like sammy and the whole mm-hmm. crew you know brian Sagan and and all those guys who were out there already building trails and uh and kind of just gravitated towards that and it's like, oh, how's it like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, can I come check this out? Can I join you? And then at that point, like, um, after figuring out how to get involved and kind of seeing the plan that was going on, I, I realized pretty quickly, like, that I had the ability to to invest my time and put thought into it and, and then really just take it on and run with it because nobody was really – owning it mm. you know like i think sam you know at that point sam raymond had really owned it but he was running the key adventure company so he had limited time to mm. invest and and so i could take you know the knowledge i had you know i was a mountain bike racer going way back to, you know started when i was 16 um, when i went to university of wisconsin stevens point i was on the uwsp um, mountain bike racing team there um, we travel around do a lot of the war series and and kind of had a lot of knowledge of of uh, mountain biking, uh, the kind of the industry, you know, owning a bike shop, but then also like knowing that there was a lot of other movements within the mountain biking industry. And, and one of them was sustainable trail building development and uh, a lot of the guidelines that were being um, pushed forth by the International Mountain Bicycling Association. So, you know, I, you know, I showed everybody the book, uh, the Inba Trail Solutions book, the kind of the early document put together to kind of define sustainable um, trail building parameters and guidelines and and we started moving towards kind of this new way of trail building you know with environmental sustainability in mind so it's um you know i think that's that was kind of why 
I was able to kind of get in and run with it because I did have that knowledge and, and ambition and I, and I wanted to do it. So I was like, you know, if it takes me a couple years to, to figure out how to do this well and to really start gaining local support, like that's what I was going to do. And it really didn't take, take that long. We were able to, to really uh, hit the ground running in, in those early years. That's when um, the Copper Harbor Trails Club was formed uh, right after that. Um, you know, I always think it was like two years that I worked for free uh, and, and really didn't get paid at all. I was just a volunteer going in, putting out the hours. But then Sam and I started uh, the 501c3, the Copper Harbor Trails Club, and we figured out a way to go out and start raising money, in which case we turned the trail building position into a paid position. Um, and then at that point, like it started turning into a career path for me. Mm. Yeah, I was also going to ask you about the inception of that um, Copper Harbor Trails Club is there anything else you want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know the the Copper Harbor Trails Club. The story, <laughs> like behind the Copper Harbor Trails Club, is also you know pretty robust. There's <laughs> you know started out early. Um, we started building trails. It didn't take more than two three years of people really recognizing the new trail building efforts that were ongoing up here, and and traffic just started increasing. And, uh, you know, as a result, we started seeing a lot of the local businesses want to step up and support that movement, right? They were, they were starting to contribute um, funding uh, to, to kind of help push, push the trail building initiative forward. And, uh, and so we were getting a lot of support from all over, from the, from the locals, from the businesses, from um, all the people who were visiting here. And uh, very quickly on, we were able to then start um, you know, not only hiring just me as a trail builder, but we were able to start hiring multiple trail builders and put funding in place for, you know, fasteners and materials for building boardwalks and all the features that we were known for early on. So the Copper Harbor Trails Club, you know, has, has really, you know, blossomed as a kind of result of the, this trail system mm -hmm. that's been put in here. And, and now, even to date, like I'm no longer a part of the Copper Harbor Trails Club and haven't been for, um, since I started rock solid trail contracting about back in 2014, but super solid group of individuals in place. They're really running it and they're making more revenue than ever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to secure large donations from, you know, SRAM and these other organizations. And now it's just like the trail building push is, is, is going uh, to the next level you know we are early on we had like you know 40 miles of trails put us on the map um, but now we have a master plan for over 150 miles of trails uh, and we were able to build almost 12 13 miles of trails just this summer nice. and we plan on seeing that type of growth you know annually for at least the next five to six years awesome uh one thing i just want to say about that is i i was also on the trails club board when it started and i remember we everyone started working with Pulaski's and the McLeods and I remember when we got our first jackhammer and then we could jackhammer in the side of that ridge and then we got the first excavator mini excavator and it was just such a cool evolution of the tools and machines that we could use in that and it just started shifting the way that trails were built so how did your talents evolve to start your own trail building company well, every day there's a, <laughs> a 
a situation where you're forced to learn from when you're in the woods. You know, I think there you start learning all the different types of soils and rock formations mm. and um, all the different vegetation and the wetlands. And, you know, I had a background in biology coming out of college. So, you know, recognizing wetlands and and different geological for formations and stuff like obviously I could see a lot of that early on in the woods. But, um, you know, really funding and access to tools and learning how to use you know not only do handwork you know like all the different handwork because all in the early days all the trails were hand cut mm -hmm. um, then we moved to excavators and machines and, and at that point they were small ones mm -hmm. you know um, but I think it was in in 2012 when I took a job with the International Mountain Bicycling Association so I'd obviously work up here during the summers um, but then I would work as a trail specialist for the International Mountain Bicycling Association and travel around the country and see, and I got to work with a lot of other trail builders who were very influ influential uh, on myself and, and my, different, my style of trail building because they showed me how to use different tools effectively or, or different building techniques where you would do borrow pitting or, you know, all these different things that you are just like, you know, you're like, whoa, at the time, you know, you're your mind's wide open and it's just like it's mind-blowing you're just like oh i can i can do that and mm. and so you start to adapt your style and you start to learn all these different tricks of of the trade um so i think that kind of going back to like i said i think you know really having that intimate understanding uh of the land because of the hand building aspect in the three years mm -hmm. uh of doing that like and then kind of moving to machines like in small ones then all the way up into large ones gave me this very broad understanding of how to build like the very intimate techie cross-country trails on up to you know more of the the flowy style jump trails and so i um, just kind of had a very diverse skill set kind of right out of the gate um, and at the same time really had already kind of built my calling card with with Copper Harbor Trails Club mm -hmm. um, and Copper Harbor in general, building the trail system here. And it was kind of early on recognized as like one of the top 10 um, riding destinations in the world when yeah. it was labeled as a silver level IMBA ride center. Um, and uh, and so that and, and because of all the attention that Copper Harbor had garnered in the in the trail building industry, um, it was a very seamless transition then from working from the Copper Harbor Trails Club, becoming a trail specialist for for IMBA and then going on once having a, uh, a broader understanding of the industry, price structure, um, kind of mm -hmm. being able mm -hmm. to be in, involved in like in knowing like what pricing is and the contracts and the way the contracts are formed. Um, then I was just like, okay, well, this is a no brainer. I have to start my own business. And, and that's when I did so in, t in 2014. Yeah, nice. So as you became more successful trail building, you had a vision, not just for more biking trails, but for a place for those biking visitors to sleep and even for the community. Do you want to tell us about that vision? Wow. Well, I, you know, anytime you're truly engaged in something like it, you, you can see things evolve. And once you have a firm understanding of each individual component, your mind starts kind of wandering to, to other aspects of it. And, like, and you keep asking yourself, well, how can I do this better? So obviously being a trail builder for almost 15 years before I, I kind of started going into more design and then manage, managing the company as it grew, um, 
really started to, to, to try to wrap my head around all the components that are necessary to support the trail system. Because you can, like, once you build a trail enough, you're like, okay, well, you can shape the dirt this way or you shape the dirt that way, and you can kind of figure out how it lays within the terrain to make a really memorable experience. But what are the other experiences that the user wants to enhance their mm. visit, to mm-hmm. enhance their um their experience right and that's where i started playing around and we uh, bought some property because we actually needed a company headquarters mm-hmm. so we built a pole barn out here at trails end uh, and then turned it into a campground as well and, and and since we established that campground we we're just like okay like when we used to travel go visit mountain biking riding destinations whether it was out west in mm-hmm. moab or sedona or wherever it was it's just like we wanted a different style of camping, right? We'd never go stay in a state park campground um, just because you're, just, you're crammed in there. And that experience mm-hmm. is not exactly what people who are trying to be in touch with nature want. So we wanted something that was a little bit more spread out where people could have, um, you know, a little bit more privacy. And, uh, and so we kind of defined and built that campground to, to be more of a rustic camping mm-hmm. style. Um, and then, you know, on you get going onward from there and it's just like, you know, we've started a farm, uh, like effect farm, um, or, you know, high quality food to me, like that seems to be like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're somebody who's an athlete, um, you obviously have to pay attention to what you're putting in your body. So that's another thing that you have to make sure like that your community is providing. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of good food experiences here, but, you know, I think that the farm to table movement. And where people are trying to produce this super high quality food it is something that hasn't really hit up here yet. Mm. So it's like I feel necessary to kind of invest in <clears throat> and kind of push that forth I- as well, just because it's like we need to kind of start figuring out how to kind of fill in all of these gaps to once again kind of make sure that these people are having these authentic experiences. Yeah, awesome. And where are you now in the process of that vision and what do you hope to still see well the vision's always evolving mm-hmm. um and i think you know we've even involved around we we have trails end campground we have lake effect farm we now have east bluff bike park mm-hmm. you know we're, we bought you know 520 acres um outside of town here in copper harbor and now we're developing our own bike park and bike park campground and we want to really put in these like cool intimate little park settings where mm-hmm. you know along the creek you're going to have this little hobbit house sauna built into the side of the hill with nice. like a little cold plunge swimming area and like these uh facilities are going to be open to the public to use mm-hmm. so it's just like how can we redefine what our playground looks like Mm. right Mm -hmm. i think we're all so used to like kind of going around and seeing what public parks investment looks like and we all envision that to be like ball fields and Mm. and kids playgrounds and 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 for the most part like that's been true but now i think that because of this evolution of trail building we're seeing a lot more users coming in demanding access to that space right people want more trails and and that is what's driving um, the economy in a lot of these communities in the upper peninsula and other areas throughout the country and and if that's the case we need to kind of have a broader understanding then of all the things that can be 
you know, developed to support that trail infrastructure, like I said, so that we can continue to define what that outdoor experience is for those users. And so we need to like kind of adapt the way we think. So like now if we have these, these park systems that create this immersive um, outdoor environment for people, like how do we make it more robust? Like how do we offer like a big thing that I've always talked about. It's like, it's cool to have like this linear trail experience where you're out there on your own and you're having fun and you're experiencing it. But now what are, what do the social settings that mm -hmm. look like where you come back to the trailhead and you're gathering there and you're talking to other users who are just getting ready to embark upon their experience because like that's how we, we connect as individuals. So how do we enhance those social settings? So like putting a lot more thought into trailheads mm -hmm. and hub systems like, hey, like having multiple trails leave from a hub so people can come back there and collect in those areas, talk, interact. And so that we're almost like instead of only focusing on the linear trail experience, we're fo focusing on the social settings that exist along the way. And so that we can kind of create that more interactive environment for the humans that are in those spaces. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So what other groups are you involved in to bring some of this to fruition? Is there other groups that are kind of helping this in an even broader way? Well, this conversation is happening, you know, at a on a pretty broad level all all over. And there's lots of mm. different ideas kind of moving forth, you know, whether it's in Arkansas or mm -hmm. but here, you know, obviously like this is my home. And, and, and so I really feel that I want to invest and figure out a way to take my ideas that I've been thinking about and figure out a way to move them forward. Right. And I, I think we've been very fortunate because we've got a lot of cooperation from other entities. Right. I think we've been able to, to, to really get community support. That's mm -hmm. seemingly been pretty easy. Most people are like, yeah, trails are, you know, are, they're great for the economy most of the users are fairly respectable mm -hmm. um and and a lot of people think it's the, it's the way to go not everybody will mm -hmm. agree with that um but uh you know that's just the way anything goes but you know i think that uh as we've been able to continue execute the vision and put resources into this you know the copper harbor trails club they're obviously you know partners in mm -hmm. in pushing this forward but We've had other people. Now Cork has been formed, Gina Nicholas. Like she's jumped on and she's kind of understood uh, the vision and she was has been more involved in conservation mm -hmm. um, coming to the table and, and now really has more of a broader understanding of recreation and the impact and how that value that's created as a result of recreation can be used for further conservation efforts, mm, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we've been able to get these different trails groups, whether it's ATV, snowmobile clubs, you know, mountain bike clubs, conservation groups together. You know, we have the state of Michigan really looking at what we're doing up here and trying to have a good understanding of what it is we're trying to create and how we all do that. Um, together, so we're really trying to put the vision together, figure out the parameters of 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 the different partners and where they where they plug in and where their responsibilities yeah. lie, and and then figure out a way to kind of move this forward as is so it's more of a holistic vision by all of the entities. and And my idea is, is like I want to see Copper Harbor become 
this pilot project of like how can we make new age recreation areas primarily mm. focused on trail and trail access and 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 if we can really kind of build a well-rounded vision for this like then i think it'll be something that will be um able to be recreated in other areas mm. when we go analyze what their recreational assets are and figure out how to uh, you know how to put together a plan for sustainable tourism awesome all right then let's shift gears so you are brady p's dad and i'm his mom and brady is one of the most magical loving in the moment people on this planet since his birth, you and I have gone our separate ways, but we have always upheld our promises to each other and to him. How has being his dad impacted your life? Well, that could be an emotional question here. Um, of course. <laughs> being his father really has impacted my life in a lot of ways. I think whenever you're expecting a child, like everything, everybody wants things to go smooth and they're going to be on this path that almost can be preconceived, right? It's mm -hmm. just like you have this idea of the way things are going to happen. And I think I remember when the doctor came back and said, oh, your child has trisoma 21, right? Right when he was delivered. It's just like, what? Like, he looks, looks normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you really just didn't know how to absorb that right away and you didn't really know the 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 meaning behind that mm -hmm. either because it's just like i think the process of having a, a child is exciting and traumatic all at the same time mm -hmm. and and then when you kind of get to the hard reality of it where you're not sleeping and mm -hmm. <laughs> um you know obviously Braden was on a on a, a breathing apparatus mm -hmm. for a while and, and, and then had to go in for heart surgeries mm -hmm. and, and you see how tough he was and how he made mm -hmm. it all through this and really, you know, just has had this desire to live. And, and as a parent, you really had to just say, Hey, like I just, you have to be along for whatever, whatever that, that ride is. And, uh, and over the years, as you know, like Braden's development, because he has down syndrome mm -hmm. it's been much slower right and and i really didn't understand how much slower it was until mm. until i had cedar right sure. and cedar is three and a half year old boy going nuts taking mm -hmm. jumps on his bike and yeah. like yeah just kind of you know kind of pushing the envelope as we would probably expect my child to do but mm -hmm. brayden has been much more slower to develop and i think what i've learned from that is really patience mm. that you have to uh, make being with Braden not about you mm -hmm. it has to be about him because when you try to prioritize your time you just become frustrated mm -hmm. and and so you have to take down time to really sit down and enjoy all those small moments of just watching him throw rocks on the beach mm -hmm. or he does you know repetitive things because it takes him longer to learn but then you know you can see how he lights up mm -hmm. when he's exposed to new things and and it's just if you slow down and you're in the moment then you truly get a chance to absorb all those things 
and I think that's been like the most meaningful thing that I've learned from being the father of Brady P is just to really slow down and 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 embrace those those moments um, because you know obviously you know running a business like um, and you know me I move at a fast pace mm-hmm. like all the time I'm like you know I have five different businesses trail building company and <laughs> and life is going a million miles an hour and and I think that's my reminder mm. of truly like nice. to to put things into perspective nice so he was a great gift to you too then in that way absolutely yeah he's definitely definitely changed my life as well and I do I like what you said about how you're just like he was so tough and he just wanted to live because I remember all the things that he's been through and I just thought oh my god is this going to be the time is this going to be the time that I say goodbye to my kid but it took me a few years to realize nope Brady P's here and he's going to stay here because he has a lot to do and a lot to show us and he really is in a big way and ah that was beautiful thanks for Thanks for sharing your perspective. Um, so when you and I have our trade-off time with the little man, he'll sometimes open his arms and say, group hug, and we do it because, well, it's Brayden, and he deserves to feel that all his people care about each other. And as his family continues to grow from all angles, we are all doing that together. It's just, it's so cool to watch. How does... How does this make you feel? To me, it just like I'm always amazed by the amount of compassion out there in the world, and people who see when others need help, mm. and they're willing to step in and and put in the energy and effort. And that's what's been pretty obvious with with Braden. Like, you know, Liz. Mm-hmm. Early on, we're just like, you know, um, we realize resources are limited in Copper Harbor. Mm-hmm. We, Liz is like, well. <laughs> This is what I do, and I yeah. and I would love to be Brady Peace uh, assistant or teacher. And mm-hmm. we figured out a way to get her in the mix, and, and she has been a godsend oh, with yeah. really being able to help Braden academically kind of move forward mm-hmm. um, through his initial, you know, years of school. And you know, he's in third grade now, and mm-hmm. he's like doing math and writing and mm-hmm. doing all the things that normal children do. Mm-hmm. And it's like because people were willing to take the time to sit down with him and show him in a way that he needed. Mm-hmm. And we see that with our grandpas and Grammys and and they obviously like put a lot of time into Braden and a lot of love into him because he needs it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's been amazing to see is just how many people are supportive and want to jump mm-hmm. in and help and I think that's where people realize that regardless of any differences or opinions that may exist the Mm. priority is is helping people in need and making sure that people are going to grow up and live a successful life nice is there anything else you want to say about that little man well he's amazing and he helps me learn new things every day Mm. and and uh and one thing that i've i've really had the blessing to to just witness is just him in relation his relationship with cedar mm-hmm. evolve you know brotherly love can be tough yeah. <laughs> um, and challenging but it's also like they go from you know hitting and screaming at each other to just totally like loving and having really positive interaction and mm. sitting down and reading books together and and they can entertain themselves and and it's been really cool 
to watch that and I think that's why we're trying to figure out how to make sure we get more time for those mm. two to be together so that you know that that brotherly relationship can uh, can evolve mm. and uh, those guys can grow up as buddies mm-hmm. yeah it's really it's really great to know that Brady has a little brother because I mean who knows what's gonna happen down the road of course we want him to be the most independent wonderful person he can but for him to have that someone closer to his age is just really awesome so thanks for giving him a little brother (laughs) uh and thanks for bringing me here 17 years ago i don't think i would have found this place otherwise um thanks for keeping things fair as we continue on this journey with our expanding family with brady p in the middle um I know a lot of people are impressed with how we handle things, but we're just just doing it. Do you have any wise words for our listener? Yeah, I, I think for me, like the move we made here was a risky one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but it was in pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people out there uh, in the world kind of working what they would perceive to be as meaningless jobs. Um, just to make a paycheck they may not be in some place that's the most desirable um, and they've been thinking about making a move and doing something different and I think my advice to people is do mm. it um, I think when you follow your passion you will find more success as a result and uh, I think there's no sense staying stuck in life people can be easily mobile um, you can live out of a van, you can live out of a camper, you can, uh, as long as you have internet, a lot of times you can work, um, you know, a, a job online or you can do meetings, whatever it is, like get out, explore, have fun, you know, live your dream because I think that's, we, people need to be happy to be productive. And, uh, and I think that there's a lot of times like where I see that people are making these lifestyle changes and are almost always happy they do Mm. well it's awesome to hear you say that because i feel the same way and i just the more people that can say that and be living it is just more confirmation that it works so thanks so much for speaking with us today you're really hard to pin down but uh especially because you and all your crews are beginning to migrate south so really thank you um until next time Dream big for your happiness and be good to yourself. Ba 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 da 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 ba ba da ba do da da ba ba.